Hey, Sarasota, it's Bob. So it's been a wonderful grind over the past 18 months. We've had some fabulous guests. We've produced over 150 episodes. and We've had over 10,000 listens from you wonderful folks in the greater Sarasota area. It's been a lot of fun, but also it's been a lot of work. And so we've decided to take a little bit of a break until this fall. When you check out other podcasts, you're going to see that most put out a new episode only once a week. We put out two, so of course that means there's twice the work. A lot of show notes, scheduling, guests, editing, etc., etc., etc. So we've decided to take a little break for the rest of the summer and we will resume this fall. And we'll let you know. But before I sign off, can you do me a little favor? Reach out to us via Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Drop us a little note. I'd like to know more about what you want to hear when we resume in the next couple of weeks. That'd be a big help because without you, dear listener, we would not exist. As always, thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful summer, and we'll be back soon where you can listen, learn, and connect. Good morning, Sarasota. This is the Sarasota Stories Podcast, Episode 23. Hi, this is Bob. If you've been a listener to Sarasota Stories for a while now, would you do me a little favor? Go to our website, sarasotastories.co, scroll down and enter your best email so you will know when all our episodes will air. It helps us know who's a fan and how many folks are listening. I certainly appreciate it. And now on to today's episode. Most of us think of our life's work in terms of a career. It may be as an employee, business owner, or civic leader. Still, it's a career, but there are some professions where the work is much more of a calling because of the extraordinary care and dignity that is required to serve a fellow human being in great need. Hi, I'm Bob Williams, and I believe if you truly want to better understand your community to build personal and professional and even lifelong relationships, then a willingness to hear each other's stories is an absolute must. In fact, that's why I created the Sarasota Stories Podcast. It's a podcast dedicated to helping you get connected just a little bit deeper with those living in this wonderful community we call home. In each episode, I interview business leaders, civic leaders, artists, authors, entrepreneurs, physicians, philanthropists, and others who are making a positive impact in the greater Sarasota area. Today, my guest is Debbie Mason, president of the Tidewell Foundation and executive vice president of Tidewell Hospice. She joined Tidewell Hospice in October of 2019, bringing experience in philanthropy, strategic planning, communications, and organizational management. She's responsible for providing leadership and management of Tidewell's philanthropic and earned revenue services, including the Tidewell Foundation, the Treasures Resale Store, and other earned revenue ventures. In this episode, you'll learn why Debbie chose a career in such a high-touch industry, what most people don't know about Tidewell, the difference between helping adults and children during the grieving process, how far Tidewell's reach is locally, how you can get involved, and much, much more. I'm so glad you joined us today, and as always, it's my hope that you will listen, learn, and connect. Debbie Mason, president of the Tidewell Foundation and the executive vice president of Tidewell Hospice, welcome to the Sarasota Stories podcast. Thank you, Bob. I'm glad to be here with you. Well, it is a pleasure to have you on. And of course, you're an iconic, um, I guess, business or service, I should say, really in the Sarasota area. I mean, your name is 
in so many places and whatnot. And you've been here for a long period of time, so it's a real pleasure to have you on. And I guess to get started, why don't I just ask you, what have you been itching to share with people that you haven't had a chance to share before? I love that question. Um, I think the best answer would be that there's so much richness to the scope of service that mm. Tidewell Hospice offers that people don't realize. A lot of people have a preconceived notion about hospice that's just wrong. Um, or they don't know the beauty of what hospice provides. And I hope today right. we get to explore that. But beyond that, we have so many sister services that we've developed over the more than 40 years that we've been in the community as a not-for-profit hospice. And folks don't know about them. So I'm eager to explore that with you today. Well, we're going to get into that because... As we were talking before the show, I had some misnomers, I had some misconceptions about Tidewell, and you have a much broader scope than what people know. And so we're going to get into that. But I want to talk a little bit about, you know, about you, uh, how you came to Sarasota. I mean, and I'm just looking right now from uh, from your background here is that you joined Tidewell in 2019. You have experience in philanthropy and strategic planning, communications, organizational management. And you're, you're also responsible for providing you know, leadership and management in Tidewell's philanthropic and earned revenue services, which I find interesting, including the Tidewell Foundation, the Treasures Resale Store, and Earned Revenue Ventures. And you've had a lot of past uh, experience in philanthropic and nonprofit arena. And so, I, I mean, with such a rich background, I'm just like, what else can you accomplish, you know, while you're at Tidewell? But we're we're going to get into that a little bit, but just a wonderful background, and we do want to talk about it. But tell me, how did you end up in Sarasota? Well, I am a native Floridian, and uh, I have family all over the state, including Sarasota. And I happened to be out in California at the time running a healthcare foundation, and I knew when to come home to Florida. And I thought, well... The next time I'm down in Sarasota, that's kind of the area I would like to be, I think, for my next part of my journey. And let me just pop in and visit some community leaders and plant seeds. And maybe a year from now, I'll be able to find the right opportunity. Wasn't in a rush, just thought, let me plant the seeds. So I was down here in August. I happened to be doing some work. Actually, I, I still had a consulting practice as well. I was doing some work with a local healthcare client. And I visited my two community leaders, and both of them said, You need to know Jonathan Fleece. He's looking for someone just like you. He has a search going on right now. And I thought, Well, that's great. Who's Jonathan and what does he do? Well, he was the president and CEO of Tidewell Hospice and the parent company at that time, which was called Stratum Health prior mm. to a merger. So long story short, one of them sent my resume to Jonathan that night. He connected with me that night. I met with the headhunter who happened to be in town the next morning, interviewed over the next two weeks and moved here within the month. So it was kismet, Bob, that brought me um, wonderful, wonderful fate. I answered, I answered the door knock and um, answered a wonderful calling. Hospice is a wonderful calling. I find that fascinating that you call it a call, a calling. And there's very few professions that are like that because people, 
They will start a business, they become an executive or they become a manager and whatnot. It's to pay the bills. It's to, um, and they're, and they're ambitious to move up the ladder in a corporation or whatnot, but it's really a profession and a business. Why do you call it a calling? If you ever meet anyone that works for Tidewell, one of the things that we consider as part of our Tidewellian spirit is mm. the natural loving compassion for everyone, fellow colleagues, volunteers, community, patients, families that we serve. Um, hospice is a wonderful spiritual, not religious, but spiritual experience. What, no matter what side you're on, if you're receiving right. it as a patient or family, if you're a part of it as a colleague, and almost everyone who comes to Tidewell comes because of that calling. It mm. really is an embedded mission journey that all of us really feel to bring hospice to everyone, regardless of if they can pay for it. We never turn anyone away. Right. And right. it's just, it is a calling. What we do is so special. And I had had a hospice experience earlier in my life. And that when, when the clinical people came in to take care of my father, I was his caregiver for the last months of his life. Those moments, those minutes, those hours that they were with him allowed me to regroup as allowed me to right. be his, his daughter and not his right. caregiver. Right. So when people have a hospice experience, I'm lucky enough to receive the letters of love that patient families write us. And right. they, Bob, they inevitably use this language. Your people are angels on earth. The love they gave was not only for my husband, wife, daughter, family member, whoever it was that died. They loved me. They cared for me. They brought me peace. They helped me on this journey to make it more beautiful. And that's what the calling is. And that's, that is, that's a, a beautiful way of describing it. We have been, I'm, of course, I'm 61. And my mother-in-law went through hospice. My two parents are gone. They died very quickly. But if you have something that's kind of drawn out, the amount of stress that it can put on the siblings, on the children, is 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 extensive. My wife went through it. Uh, her mother had a long, drawn-out illness. And uh, to be able to have that type of support is, is just invaluable because the anybody who is a caregiver uh, – Lot, sometimes maybe it's dementia or whatever the disease is, can be exceedingly draining. And to really to be have a support group like the Tidewell Foundation and the different um, services you provide, it's just just really essential. So, I mean, it's a wonderful, wonderful way of putting it. Well, we, uh, Tidewell Hospice provides the most amazing services. And we realized when I got here in 2019 that we weren't as effective at telling the story of why we needed to raise money to do more when we were a department of a big 
hospice organization. People just looked at our scope and said, oh, you cover four counties, you have 1,200 employees, you're a giant mm. organization, you don't need my $25. Right, right. But the reality is every year we start from zero and have to raise this year, it'll be more than $5.2 million. And that provides charity. Nonprofit. Yes, right. Yes. That provides complimentary services that we do for patients that nobody pays for. Medicare, Medicaid, insurance, they don't pay for music therapy or art therapy or massage or Reiki or use of our VR headsets. They Mm. don't pay for things that help ease pain of patients from the non-clinical pharmaceutical lens. They'll pay for the pharmaceutical lens, but it's these augmentative complementary services that make that journey more connective with family. Right, right. Well, let's let's get into some of the impact areas that you all have. because obviously there's an end of life care, but and I'm looking right now, you have, I don't know, a dozen, like you have a blue butterfly program, cardiac care, charity care, children's services, expressive arts, grief education, support services, very much needed, humanitarian fund, massage therapy, music therapy. I want the massage therapy, uh, the nurse residency, the pet care, you have telehealth technology, Tidewell Family Grief Center, veterans support. And wishes fun. Talk about so. Now we, we can't get into all those today, but talk about some of the impact areas that you're more, most proud of. Well, I'll start with our biggest and longest standing area, which is the bucket of grief services, and there are three pieces to that. So, for more than forty years, we've been the region's free grief services provider. So if you lose someone to a miscarriage or stroke in a local hospital, they refer those families to Tidewell to take care of. Uh, okay. If your, you, your loved one is in a fatal traffic accident, law enforcement refers you as the survivor to Tidewell for free grief services. No matter what the reason for how someone lost a loved one, they get referred to us and we are right. Right. We never charge anyone for our grief services and that's individual and group counseling that we provide. So we, we have three areas of that. We provide grief services for patients before they die and families to anticipate what that process is going to look like and facilitate important conversations. And then, once your loved one has died, you come to us when you're ready. For some people, it's that day. For some people, sure. it's six years later. And we provide grief services to you. And if you're an LGBTQ family, we have special groups that understand and are focused on that. If you're a widow or a widower or you're a sibling or you're a, you know, a, a child, we try to put you in like groups where people understand the context of what you're going through. And that's our adult free grief services. And then there's Blue Butterfly. One in 12 children in our region will lose a parent. That doesn't even oh, count my. siblings. Yes. So the need for grief services for children is so huge. 
And what we know about children is they don't speak about their grief like adults do. They need to work their grief through activities, games, song, dance, art, connection. And our program is the only therapeutic credentialed program with licensed master's level social workers in the region and one of only a few in the country. And it's a remarkable program that helps children and their caregivers. Sometimes it's parents, sometimes it's grandparents because they've lost their parents. Sometimes right. it's aunts or uncles or adoptive parents. We help the children, the adults, and the whole family through the grief process. And they stay with us as long as they need to. My goodness. Uh, of course, I'm particularly touched by having to lead a child through the grief process. And it seems like it's a highly specialized area where you're going to have counselors who are specially trained to recognize what that child is going through. Um, t- talk about the counselors and how they come to you and, and how you employ them you know, to provide those services. We on the Tidewell Foundation side feel so honored to get to support the clinical team of Tidewell. We have the most amazing clinicians. Not only are they special by their training and their expertise and their experience, but their passion for what they do. And they're nationally known for the depth and expertise that they bring. They're constantly asked to write papers and serve on panels and share our we, so you're pre- so you're producing content there and educating other institutions about some of the findings that you have and and, and the experiences that you have. That yeah. I fat now I had no idea about that. Well, it's interesting. I guess when things are in your hometown, it's hard to recognize that they're nationally known for things, right? But Tidewell's nationally known. Um, The cardiac care program that we start is one of only 29 launched as a pilot in partnership with the American Heart Association and the National Partnership for Hospice Innovation. So very innovative, cutting edge programs that Tidewell is so known for creating. Right. Launching and then sharing within the hospice and home health sector as well. You know, in addition to Tidewell, in our family of companies, we also have some other support services that I know we'll talk about later. But when you look at the things that we raise money for each year, grief services is about 45 percent of that more than five million dollars this year. That's how deep our commitment to community is in being the free grief services provider. Interesting. So that's the 40 percent. Talk about where. The majority of the other services are directed. So complimentary services, which is free services that we give to patients, is also a big area for us. That's more than a half million dollars each year. And we want to be able to provide those services to patients and not ask them to pay for them because right. about 30% of our patients are just outright indigent and couldn't afford it, even if we did ask for it. Um, But what we've recognized is these services are the ones that lower stress, improve breathing, improve calmness, improve connectivity, 
music therapy is an amazing gateway. So you were talking about dementia earlier. We often find at end of life, many people come to us with Alzheimer's or dementia or in their final days of their journey or sometimes even weeks, they're unresponsive. They're present, but unresponsive. So many times our music therapy will come in and say, Bob, this is your loved one. What music era was really important to them? Or did they have a favorite song? Or tell me about something important musically. And the music therapist will connect with you, play that song, and you'll often see the unresponsive patient become responsive. Animated. That's interesting. That is really fascinating. I'm trying to think of the movie years ago. It was called, oh my goodness. But there, Robin Williams was in it. It was called Awakenings. Right. That's a, that was a, that's a, so, so if anybody wants to know what that looks like, it's Awakenings. I think those were, um, the patients in that were not dementia, but they were from uh, viral meningitis, I think it was. But anyways, they, they were they were basically comatose. You put music uh, to them and, and they became very animated. That's a fascinating technique that you all use. Well, and it's also often a gateway through, particularly for folks with dementia or Alzheimer's, it might be a gateway to actually allow conversation. They might come Uh, present enough to to be there in that moment with that family member. And so that's a beautiful gift to be able to offer patients and families. And we have three music therapists and we have more demand than we can even meet. So even by my goodness, there's just so much more we could do with this tool. My goodness. Where would a music therapist even go for training like this? Uh, there are universities that have special music therapy programs. Uh, or not. So it is a form of clinical therapeutic training. And hmm. uh, it's a master's level training. Um, and it, it is, a you know, a really rich clinical area that's growing in its recognition of its value to the clinical team. My goodness, my goodness. There, you know, we're all tired of talking about COVID, but organizations like you, I would assume, are even more impacted by the stress that that causes. Even if you don't get sick, even if you haven't lost a loved one, how have you been impacted by the pandemic? And then also, actually, I would assume you're going to have even a second um, stress level or a second thing is impacting you. And that's all the folks that are moving in the community. So how is, I guess, how is Tidewell able to deal with these changes, given the additional pressures upon your services? Well, I would look through the lens of Tidewell Hospice first and say COVID impacted us on several levels. Um, When COVID first started, the ability to get personal protective equipment, PPE, was very, very limited. Um, It just wasn't available to purchase. Um, And we needed gobs of it. (laughs) Technically, with the gobs, but literally... Our, our clinicians needed to suit up in full gear and take that off and throw it away and re-suit up every time we were interacting with patients. We see 1,200 patients a day. So oh my goodness. imagine the PPE you're going through. 
Mm. And that's multiple people seeing those patients. It isn't just one clinical team member. They might be seen by a social worker and a nurse and a physician and, you know, a, a, a grief therapist. Um, now, all of those aren't always in the same day, but anyway, multiple, multiple touch points. We were very, very lucky that the community responded. And I'll tell you a really great story. We had patient families respond. We put out an all call for either donations or special PPE. A very moving story, a gentleman in New Jersey, in New Jersey who owned a hazard cleaning business emailed me late one night and said, I have masks. Do you want them? And I said, well, we need this kind of mask. And gosh, that would be really super. He said, I have two cases left in my warehouse. I will get them overnight shipped to you tomorrow. Oh, that's great. That's you great. You care of my mother and I will be forever grateful. Uh, yes. Yes. And we saw similar responses from businesses in the community. We have gloves. Do you want them? We have bleach. Yes. Do you want it? And then we were so lucky because a number of the local leading foundations said, we know you need extra cash. What do you need? Just tell us. We'll help you. And so through that lens, the Tidewell Foundation was able to pretty quickly tie into community foundations and others that helped us through that COVID journey. But our clinical folks, even though the world has reduced its need for masks, our clinical folks, even today, are still in full suiting to care for patients. Right. Right. COVID is of course, That's right. And there's a lot of fear out there. You have an older demographic around here. I could understand that completely. Let's talk a little bit about the funding. Who are the main organizations that, that, that uh, fund Tidewell? And then you know, what percentage of your funding comes from individuals? The greatest majority of our funding comes from individuals. Um, mm. more, than, more than 90% of our funding comes from individuals. So um, those are grateful families that form relationships with us. But those are also people in the community who recognize the power, the transformative power of art or music or massage. And they want to make that happen for people. Or those are people who say, I can't imagine funding anything more powerful than a dying wish for a patient and their family. Or those are people who were nurses themselves or, or understand, hey, we've got to have a workforce. Our workforce development fundraising goal is close to a million dollars this year to pay for our nurse residency program to teach graduate nurses, how to be hospice nurses, which takes about a year. And mm. we pay them the whole time. And from people who understand there aren't enough home health aides and they are an essential part of the clinical team, along with certified nurse assistants. And so that's part of our workforce development program. But largely individuals are making all those things happen. The free grief services, our charity care, all of those impact area are veterans care, 90% of it from individuals. I see. Are there opportunities to get involved beyond donations, volunteers? I love what does that look like? Our volunteer coordinator will be so happy that you asked that. <laughs> <laughs> we had, before the pandemic, about 1,200 volunteers. During the pandemic, because a lot of them themselves were older people, 
Yes. Dropped out of the volunteer pool. So now we're down to about 800 and we need more than 800 volunteers to do all of the things that we do. Volunteers are so important to Tidewell Hospice and our ability to provide the services we provide. That's great. That, uh, and Sarasota is a great town for volunteers. Unfortunately, that kind of puts you in a competitive environment for all those volunteers because you can have the hospital, you have other foundations and services and whatnot. But sure. it's a wonderful, wonderful service. Remember, we cover four counties. So we're Sarasota, uh-huh. Manatee, Charlotte, and DeSoto. And we have great. volunteer opportunities in all of those counties. Some That's are great. patient-facing, some are administrative, some are community, um, all kinds of ways that people can engage as volunteers. Yeah. Well, Debbie, the Tidewell Foundation, again, is just doing a, a wonderful job. And I appreciate you sharing your story uh, with our listeners. Is there anything that you'd like to leave with our listeners before we say goodbye? We're really open to engaging with people. So if they want to know more, we hope they will call us or email us or drop by our office on Tamiami Trail in Sarasota. Um, Engaging with people is what we're all about. And we feel like it's our job to learn what people are passionate about and show them the many ways that through the Tidewell Foundation, we can help them leave a lasting legacy in our region. Well, Debbie, thank you again uh, for being on the show. And again, uh, the Tidewell is just doing some wonderful work in the area. I have certainly been educated. I did not know you had such a wide footprint in all the four counties in the area around here. I didn't know of all the different services you provide. So um, best of... uh, Best of luck and and continued uh, success going forward. We appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so much, Bob. It was my pleasure. All right, let's do it again. Thank you so much for stopping by. I sure hope you enjoy listening to our interviews as much as we do providing them. If so, would you do me a little favor? Go to sarasotastories.co and enter in your email. That way you'll get notifications of all upcoming episodes. Also, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And remember, no matter where you go, to listen, learn, and connect. Connect.